0: Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at antiochatx.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. Wow, well it is so good to be with you today. Uh, Wherever you're watching this, we just want to thank you for welcoming us into your world in these very unique days. You know, I had a really cool opportunity and that's kind of been the the random bonus of this whole COVID-19 crisis as I'm finding myself getting to talk and connect to people that I don't get to talk and connect with on a regular basis and and one of those groups of people is our field staff that we have working all over the world, and so I was on a call with them this last week. I just want to say, guys, we have the best people in the world doing some meaningful stuff in the name of Jesus all over the world, and look, I, I just, it was amazing to be able to see the resolve. Like, some of them are in countries that are completely locked down, and they're like, man, we're good. God is with us. We we, we knew what we were signing up for. We're here for these people. Like, I was, you know, you ever have a moment when you're in a conversation with somebody, you leave that? Conversation and you go, like, am I saved? Like, are we like I, I mean, these people just loving Jesus and giving everything they have, like it is amazing. And and the other upside to all of these changes is that unlike any other time, they can be with us at church. So it, it's like that just like You in your living room or wherever it is that you're watching this, they're in their living room, they're watching it. And so in in a way, God is using this isolation as an invitation into deeper connection. Can I say that one more time? God is using this season of isolation as an invitation to us into deeper connection. And, And it's been so fun to watch our life groups be what they are. And if you didn't know, Life Group is church, yeah. right? It's not just something that we do in the middle of the week or on a Sunday night. Like Life Group is the church. It's where we're believing that it's an environment where the church can be the church. And, and, and that is just, we've been blown away. Do you know that we've started Life Groups? That life groups have started when shelter in place happened, we had people from all over our church say, "Like, look, I'll lead a virtual life group. I'll do it because th- this season of isolation is an invitation into deeper connection." So we've been saying, "Like, yo, like we're one house with many rooms," but now we're like one house with many Zooms. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're we're we have we are dominating the Zoom day, right? And all that to say the church is alive and active. Like there's nothing like a crisis that seems to wake up the church. You know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing like difficulty that seems to, to stir us and say, hey, we, we have an Answer, and, and I've loved seeing us see the church be the church. And look, we're in a challenging season. And, and I believe that the days that we're in, we're to believe for more and not less. That, that we're, our heart should swell with expectation and not shrink under the weight of anxiety because God, God is on the move. And, and I'm believing that God wants to breathe on us today. He wants to give us some fresh hope and fresh life. Because look, I don't know about you, that this crisis has, has revealed where I'm powerless. Like this, this whole like, COVID-19 situation has shown me where I don't really have control over the things that I thought that I had control over. I feel a little powerless. Now, look, funny story, Amir, who is the greatest electrician in the city of Austin. Can I just say that? If you don't know Amir, he's one of our musicians. He's the drummer, and he's just a, just a great guy, and he's an electrician, and I'm thankful for people who are good at what they do and, and people that are actually really crafty and not, like, pretend crafty. Like today, I put together a shoe rack, and I felt, like, super handy, but, but it was just a shoe rack, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, but Amir is, like, the real thing, and we had this issue at our house. We couldn't figure it out our refrigerator just kept like tripping the breaker, but we didn't change anything. Like we didn't add an appliance in the kitchen. We didn't shift the way things were plugged around. It was just all of a sudden, the fridge just started flipping the breaker. Now, of course, I tried to get the mix, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to run an extension cord to a different plug. And that's what I did, and it kept, like, flipping it. And so I eventually broke down, I call Amir, and I'm like, Amir, can you help me, dude? Like, I don't even know what's happening right now. So Amir comes over, and, you know, he, he starts looking at everything and checking everything out. And one of the first things that he did is that he took the faceplate off of the breaker, you know that breaker box that's usually like in your garage. He you took the faceplate off of that, which, for, for the record, I didn't know that that even came off. And so I'm like a fifth, I'm like a five year old, asking Amir a million questions, like, "Oh, yo, what happens if this happens? What is this? And what's that? And what's that? And what's this? And what's that? And what's it?" You know? And he's so kind and gracious, and he's like telling me all the answers and explaining stuff to me. We're having a great time, and, and I'm sitting there. And and there was this huge underneath all of the switches there was like this huge metal plate. And I just thought it was pretty. <laughs> right, and and so I point at it and literally get like inches. Maybe an inch, not inches, like a inch away from this plate now Amir like calm, cool, and collected, just real gently grabs my hand and pulls it down and says, bro, that's hot. And I'm like, bro, what's hot mean? (laughs) And he says, all of the electricity that is flowing into your house is flowing into that plate. All of the power. Look, I just thought it was a pretty plate. I had no idea that what was in front of me had the power to shake everything inside of me. I didn't even know it was there because it was covered. I had no idea that that plate that had all of this power flowing through it was there all along but I didn't see it because it was covered. Look, let's just, let's call it what it is. Everything is different now, everything's different. Most of us have to stay in our home most of the day. When we go out, we're told where we have to go. When we get to where we're supposed to go, then we're told how far away we have to stay from the people that we see when we get there. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is different. How we buy groceries is now different. People at the grocery store are wearing surgical gloves. That's different. Trying to find toilet paper. It's hard, (laughs) right? Like everything is different. And look, let alone the weight and the anxiety of thinking about all the what-ifs and all the things we don't know that surround this virus. Some of us are legitimately fearful because we're, we're, we're if we get this thing, it could be catastrophic. Others of us are scared to death at the economic impact that this is going to have. Like, you name it, all of us are anxious about there's something that we feel powerless about. That This crisis reveals to us where we feel powerless. This is what I want us to hear over every single one of those powerless feeling places in our lives. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Hear me, power is not found in a place, power is found in a person. Everything, look, everything has been taken away from us, hasn't it? when we would feel a little insecure or a little powerless, feel like, man, we needed a little help, you could go to a church service for some of us, right? You could go to a life group for some of us and and you could experience the power that God demonstrates in community. Now that's gone. And so we need to hear that like power is not in a place, power is in a person. And that we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And look, we've been in a series of talks over the past few weeks. We took like a little COVID-19 break, but we're back where we've been walking through the different elements of the tabernacle. And we've been looking at the tabernacle and and what we've seen over this series of talks is that the tabernacle was not just a place for the people to find forgiveness of their sin and to see the power of what it meant to walk in fellowship with God. The tabernacle was a picture of who God was. The tabernacle was a picture of who God was, meaning that everything that we find in the tabernacle points to him and and the one that was to come to right all that sin had wronged. Romans 5, verse 12 says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against everyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned, the consequence of sin reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as Adam did, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. Look, let me read that again. The gift is not like The trespass. The gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Jesus became and fulfilled what the tabernacle began. Remember in Exodus 25 verse 8, God describes the purpose and the intent of the tabernacle. It's very simple. It's very clear. He said this, have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. This was the purpose and this was the intent of the tabernacle for the living God to dwell among the people and the significance of that Point points us back to the intent of God before sin changed the game. Remember that old familiar story in Genesis through Revelation is the story of a loving God who created man to have relationship with him but sin separated man from the intent of God. And so God came to man and reconciled what sin destroyed. This is the story of the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, God restoring his desire to walk with us, to dwell among us but we continually from the time of Adam to us today turn our backs on God turn our backs on the ways of the kingdom and we run after the world the flesh and the devil and so we live in the consequences of our sin but God in the midst of our rebellion does not stand back and just watch us destroy ourselves. God does not just stand back and say, look, let's just see how this goes. No, God made a way and makes a way for us to return to him regardless of what we have done to be separated from him. The, the, the familiar story that's found in Genesis when Adam and Eve walked away from what God had asked them to do, right, they rejected the boundaries that God placed in front of them and their rebellion, right, their sin cost them their ability to walk with God, Meaning that before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve would walk with God in the garden. They, they were hand in hand, face to face, eye to eye. There was no separation between God and man. There, there was no separation. They walked around together. God dwelt with them. There was no separation between them and their sin cost them their ability to walk with God, And this is what it says in Genesis 3, verse 21. The Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. And the Lord said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. So the Lord banished him from the garden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden a cherubim with a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way back to the tree of life. Look, all that is saying is that sin equals separation. That all that God had created for them, they're now separated from it because of the sin that was now in them. I love how Isaiah 59 puts this. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that He will not hear. And what we see in the tabernacle is a physical picture of this separation. We've been walking through the different elements of the tabernacle, right? We have the the, the outer courts. The outer courts was the place where sin was dealt with. This is where the people of God would receive forgiveness for the sins that separated them from God. And what we learned about the outer courts, it was not a place that we were to remain, that we were to not just receive forgiveness, but to move past forgiveness into restoration. And then we get into the inner courts, and the inner courts was a picture of the fact that we have to keep the flame of transformation lit in us by continually worshiping God all the time that our continual worship of God, every element in that inner place was a picture of worship and it had to be tended to, it had to be focused on for it to continue. It, where you couldn't just leave the inner courts on autopilot. No, the, the wicks had to be trimmed. They had to, the lamps had to be made sure they were lit. They had to take coals from the altar and put them in the altar of incense. And the priest would do this twice a day because we have to, we have to be active with our passion or our passion will wane. But there was a barrier. There was a separation in the inner courts and that third part of the tabernacle, which was called the holy place. And, and the separation was amazing because it was a four inch thick curtain, four inches. Four inch thick curtain. I mean, can you imagine how heavy that was? How, how dramatic that must have hung on the pillars. And, and, and it wasn't just a random curtain, no. It was a curtain that was made of three distinct different colors of yarn. One was blue, and it was a picture of of heaven. One was purple, which is a picture of the royalty of God. And then there was one that was scarlet. And it was a picture of coming redemption. Woven into the the curtain that separated the presence of God from the people was a picture of redemption. Redemption. Because the intent of God was always that there would not be separation. But that we would walk in union and fellowship with him. And look, if if you're a Bible reader, you know you couldn't just go into the Holy of Holies, man. Like the Holy of Holies was an unapproachable place. The, the priest, the high priest, not just the priest, like the high priest, the head honcho could only go in there once a year. And when he would go in there, like he had to go through this like series of rituals to make sure that there was no sin in him. Because if he stepped into that place where the presence of God dwelled, if there was sin in him, he would drop down and die immediately. Because in the holiness of God, there, there's no room for the sinfulness of man. And what represented this, this place of power, what was, it was called the Ark of the Covenant. And basically it was a box and it was gold and it had these amazing sculptures all around it. And it was beautiful. And inside of it, there were the 10 commandments that God had given to Moses. And that's so important for us to understand that if you wanna approach power, You have to come with truth. If you want to approach that power place, that that you have to come with truth. Like it's amazing. Look, and also, you know what else was in there? Ten Commandments? Also, Aaron's staff, the staff that was used to split the Red Sea, a piece of manna was in there. Isn't it amazing that in the place of power, it was also a place of remembrance. That it was a symbol like that the present power is connected to us remembering the past breakthrough. That's why I love Revelation 12 where it talks about that we overcome him, speaking of the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. that that, that the access to the fresh power that we have is connected to us remembering specifically in moments like we're in the middle of right now, we're in the middle of crisis and the ground is shaking and everybody is freaking out and we got to remember, yeah, but you remember when God did that? And, And in remembering what God did, it connects us to the power source. It connects us to where he dwells you had all this power but it was an unapproachable place you couldn't do it it was a picture that sin separates us from God the intent of God was that he would dwell among the people but in this stage in this place where they were there was a separation from all of his power in all of his glory into just the, just the average person could not even get close to even seeing the curtain and then Jesus The gift was better than the trespass. The gift was better than the trespass. I love how Paul wrote this in Romans eight thirty-eight when he said that I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Although sin has separated us, redemption has come for us. Everything that Jesus was and did was a picture that what once separated us was no longer going to be counted against us. Jesus became for us the sacrifice for our sin, taking upon him all that separates us from God and once and for all, righting all of our wrongs. And when he hung on the cross in that glorious last final sacrifice, when he hung on the cross, it says this in Matthew 27, verse 50, it says that Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, Voice And he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. He cried out, it is finished. And when he cried out, it is finished. It wasn't a declaration that finally the suffering on the cross was over. It was a declaration that the separation that sin had caused between God and man was no longer existed. And and to make that point, heaven split that four-inch curtain that separated that holy place, the holy of holies. Heaven split it. The scarlet thread exploded it. Redemption exploded the curtain. And all of a sudden, we can now, through the blood of Jesus, enter the throne room of grace with confidence because Jesus reconciled us to God. The intent of God was that we would have relationship with him and Jesus took away what separated us from experiencing that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, it says that all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Jesus removed what separated us and he reconciled us and he gave us back what sin stole from us. All the power, all the glory, all the impossible being made possible, all the sickness being healed. All of it. All the sickness being healed. All the broken being made right. We can come into his presence aware that, yeah, we are powerless. We are anxious. We are penniless but we can step into the uncovered power source. You know, I started off telling you guys the story of Amir coming to my house and helping me fix. It ended up being just my plug. It was like really simple. It like took him like two seconds to fix what the problem was. But a came to my house and I almost touched a metal plate that had so much power running through it that it would have shook me to the ground and I almost touched it because it was uncovered. It had been there the whole time, but now it was uncovered. Now the power was available to me. Can I just say, Jesus took the cover away. Jesus took the cover away and all of his power is now right in front of us. And so today... If you feel powerless, if you feel anxious, if, if you are penniless, if you've, if you've lost your job already in the midst of this crisis, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just want you right now, no matter where you are in your living room, with a group of friends, with your family, I want you just to reach out your hands and let's lean into the power source Together, can I just say that sometimes the breakthrough happens in the leaning? So sometimes the breakthrough happens in the leaning when when we just come into his throne room with confidence and saying, God, I don't know what to do, I don't have the answers. You know what's beautiful is that he even says in the Bible that when we are weak, he is strong. It's almost like he's inviting us as an invitation to say, look, I know you're powerless. I know you're anxious, but the power source has been uncovered. And we might just need to lean in, just just, just lean into him. And, and, and look, wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, look, I just want you to take a second, just lean in, just right now, just lean in that the power source is available to you. The power source is available to you. Let me just remind you that God, God is for you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's a good father. He's kind. He sees you. He's with you. There's nothing that separates you from him. He's with you right now. He's with you in your struggle right now. He's with you in the areas you feel powerless right now, wherever you feel like is weighing you down, the exhaustion of all you don't know, the weight of all the things that are uncertain. He's with you. He's with you. Just just breathe him in. Just breathe in the presence of God that's with you. And I'm believing that in every room, in every room that we're experiencing this, every room is being filled with the glory of God. Every room is being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Every room is being filled with the transformational grace of the living God. Every room is being filled with the the kindness and the mercy of the living God. Every place that feels powerless and helpless, the helper has come. He is our help in our time of need. You know what's going to change us on the backside of this crisis? It's His presence. When this is all over and this will end, I don't know when it's going to end, but this will end. We'll look back on this and this will be a season that we endured. We have an invitation to come out of this different than the way that we came in it but the only way that we're going to come out of this crisis different is if we tap into more of his presence more of his power more of his grace more of his li- more of his life when we are in it nothing separates us and look I know this is going to be watched all over the world and if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus You are separated from his power. You are standing on the outside looking in. Very simply, all we have to do, the Bible says, is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. And we're forgiven of all of the sin that separates us from Him. And it says in the Bible from that moment we're washed white as snow, we're born again, we're made new. And if you want to do that, I'm going to pray with you right now. And we're believing that we're going to see hundreds of people make decisions that you're making right now. Jesus, every person that's leaning in maybe for the first time Lord would you be close to him right now and if you want to follow Jesus just repeat this simple prayer just say forgive me of my sins Jesus I'm no longer who I once was because you're making me new Fill me with the Holy Spirit, the power source, that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me strength to step from where I am into all that you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're so thankful that you prayed that prayer. We're so excited about your journey. There's an opportunity for you to respond even now. Take a minute, fill off that simple form that's on the site that you're tuning in right now through because we want to contact you because we're believing that the best is yet to come for you. And church, all of us this week, we're leaning in. The power source is available to us. So let's not be powerless in this crisis. Let's experience the power of the Holy Spirit in it. In Jesus' name, amen.